Everybody ready? Yeah. Okay, then we're ready. We're going to go ahead and get into the awkward intro because we don't know how to do these things properly still. That's right. Never, never. Hope everyone's having a wonderful evening. There's that Mountain Dew down my beard. (laughs) And on my shirt. I put put the shirt on because I had (laughs) schmutz on the other shirt. (laughs) I had to spill pizza on his shirt. Now we spill Mountain Dew on the shirt that he used to cover up the pizza stains. <laughs> this is this is my oh I got a meeting real quick, uh, polo. So, <laughs> well, uh, can't see the Mountain Dew, so you could have got away with it if you didn't say anything. Well, but now that I said it, it's all you're going to look at. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's 2017. Means we're talking shape of water. Hey, we have a guest helping us discuss Shape of Water. Hello. Co-host of Dairy Public Radio and member of the greatest band of all time, Jallos. I see him. Alexander, how are you doing this evening? Great. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. We're excited to have you. Yes. But we'll see how excited you are after we harass you with a couple of questions. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and being a keeper of questions yourself on your podcast, you know the rules. Are you going to threaten me if I don't answer them right? That's no, because because we're desperate for uh, for uh, writing coattails, so mm-hmm. we we can't kick people off our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so a uh, couple of questions. The year is twenty seventeen. We were just wondering uh, if you don't mind telling us how old were you at the time and uh, what memories do you have? Mm. I was. 33. I have to remember how old I am. I know. It's I getting keeping track at like 35 because it yeah. didn't seem important. It was it was like literally my birthday last week and I still could not figure <laughs> out which how old I was that day. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so I was I think that age. Mm-hmm. And did you say what was I doing at the time? Uh what are your memories of the time? I was in school. I was getting my masters, so I would have just been about to graduate or have just graduated with my social work master's degree. Oh, excellent. Awesome. So I had school brain. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Excellent. All right. uh, Our second question are, what are some formative films that got you into enjoying film? I love John Carpenter. So that he's really inspired me with, of course, the, the main classics, like the thing and they live I also really love Possession. Oh, yeah. Okay. That one. I saw that recently, but it definitely changed the way I felt about and thought of and watched movies. Right. Yeah. I think one of my first horror movie movie experiences was Lost Boys. So one of the worst? No, one of my first. One of first. Oh, because I thought you said worst, and I was like, (laughs) yes. (laughs) 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 I no, I love vampire crap. <laughs> oh, I love vampire crap. <laughs> Fucking hate the Lost Boys. Oh no. <laughs> I I love the Lost Boys. Don't listen to Every, them. No, everybody does. I also hate the crow in case you want to hate <gasps> me even more. Oh um, no. I hate you so much. I know. Now. I get that. That's cool. Everybody I have does. Printed off Brandon Lee is the crow, like taped to my notebook when I was in high school. <laughs> I I, ha- I have penchant for pissing off people that are about to um do nice things for me. Like when I went and got uh, piercings done 
and they had a Strangeland poster on their wall, and I started talking shit about the movie Strangeland <laughs> as they were about to stab me with needles. So, <laughs> I haven't seen Possession, but I, I did. They recently like uh, remaster or re-release like a 4K version of because there's been a lot of advertising, and our producer Travis talked about. Yeah, they have. I have the box set. It's in a blue velvet box, and <laughs> artwork is amazing. And there's some bonus features, and it's, it's so beautiful. <laughs> I mean, Wonderful. it's disgusting, but it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, all right. And finally, uh, the most important question we ask, and possibly the most important question asked of any human being ever, have you seen and what do you think of the 2019 masterpiece, Cats? I have not. Oh, you should get on it. You should not. I feel like, I feel like this is a trick. No. Oh, it's, it's a masterpiece. Paul. It's not unironically loves cats it's the movie look it's everything i always say it is the movie that makes all the worst decisions in all the right ways i still haven't seen it myself so i'm letting him down every week i watched a video about it and i don't know if i could watch it <laughs> it's a good call i i i got tricked by paul um into seeing it there was um, there's no tricking you that was a privilege that Look, I've seen that movie like three times, and it's amazing. I got paid to go see that movie, and I felt like I owed the state money back after doing that. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. Well, you guys ready to talk about a movie? No, let's talk about a movie. Hello, you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. I'm Zach McCoy. I'm CM Alexander. And we are your Oscar Grouches, and welcome back to the Oscaristy Podcast, show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history, try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong. What film are we watching this week, Zach? We are watching The Shape of Water, a fantastical story about differences, persecution, and the true nature of what a monster actually is. Excellent. And is this everybody's first time seeing this film? Yes. Yes. See him? Yes. So I'm the one who saw it. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Uh, And I saw it at the theater. What an interesting story. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I'm excited about this. Absolutely. Well, I guess that's when we go into our Oscar breakdown. Uh, It is a fishy March 4th, 2018. Mm-hmm. We have the Dolby Theater. <laughs> Splish splash. <Damn> it. <laughs> uh, we have the Dolby Theater, Hollywood, Los Angeles, California. Our host for the evening is a returning Jimmy Kimmel. Two years running. Oh, yeah. I forgot they did back to back. Yeah, me too. Uh, I thought he was a one and done. Our most nominated film in the evening is The Shape of Water with 13 nominations. Whew. Our most awarded film in the evening is The Shape of Water with four. Wow. All right. Uh, best Picture, of course, goes to Shape of Water, giving Guillermo del Toro and J. Miles Dale Academy Awards for producing. Shape of Water beats out Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, 
The Post, and three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. All right, our best director goes to Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water in possibly one of the best director categories I've ever seen. That shit's pretty stacked. I mean, we get Nolan for Dunkirk, Jordan Peele for Get Out, we get Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread, and the goddess herself, Greta Gerwig, for Lady Bird. Ooh, that is. That's fancy. Yeah, that's that's a good category. Yeah. Uh, best actor goes to Gary Oldman for The Darkest Hour, playing Winston Churchill. Uh, best actress goes to Frances McDormand for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, beating Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water. Still wouldn't have been my pick. Frances McDormand? Uh... For Best Actress? Yeah, you said still wouldn't have been your pick. Yeah, uh, I'd still think. I mean, of 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 the category, Margaret Robbie still would have been, uh, I think. Haw- Hawkins is firmly my pick for this. But, I mean, that's, I get it. You're not wrong. All right. Best Supporting Actor goes to Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, beating Richard Jenkins for The Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. Uh, best Supporting Actor... Goes to Oscar winner Allison Janney. Yeah. For I Town. <laughs> See him if you didn't know, I wrote a whole song to Allison Janney. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's a great song. I'll post it if it still exists online somewhere. Okay. Didn't you sing it on one of the episodes? Yeah, I did. did. Uh, I think I did it on the. Was it the American Beauty episode? American Beauty. Thank you. The, the yeah. name just dropped straight out of my head. Uh, Allison Janney beats Octavia Spencer for The Shape of Water. Best original screenplay and one of the coolest awards ever given goes to Get Out, giving Jordan Peele an Academy Award. Excellent. Yeah. And he beats Guillermo del Toro and Vanessa Taylor for The Shape of Water. I always forget this was an original story. Mm-hmm. Doug Jones's gets no fucking love. No love. Doug Jones is a treasure. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously. No love ever. He gets lots of love, just no, no, no award love. Yeah. Yeah. CM looks like she wants to weigh in on this. I love Doug Jones. How can you not? He's He's amazing. Yeah. All right. Uh, Best adapted screenplay goes to Call Me By Your Name, giving James Ivory of Merchant Ivory fame an Academy Award. (laughs) What a weird one. What a throwback. What a throwback. Best animated feature goes to Coco. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, best foreign language film goes to a fantastic woman from Chile. Oh, what's her name? Uh... <laughs> That's the name of the film. <laughs> yes. Okay. I was trying to come up with a joke. My brain's dead. It's okay. Okay. Uh, best documentary feature goes to Icarus. Was that the biking one? Yeah. About the, uh, the, Option of doping to win an amateur cycling race. Yeah. Best doc, best documentary short subject has a great name. Heaven is a traffic jam on the 405. I feel like that's ironic. Probably. Don't you think? God damn it. It's like Rayain in your uh, bathroom. <laughs> With a fish man. Best live action short film goes to The Silent Child. Best animated short film goes to Dear Basketball, giving Glenn Keane and... Uh, five-time NBA championship winner Kobe Bryant Academy Awards. Kobe. The late great. The late great. Is that dude sending us memes while we're recording? Yeah, that's Knowing exactly that we're recording on. right now? Thanks, Trav. You keep this in there, Trav. I'm calling <laughs> you out. 
best original score brings us to our podcast within a podcast john williams oscar watch john williams nominated for star wars the last jedi and uh he loses to alexandre Desplat for the shape of water mm. well it's a beautiful score it is it was yeah uh hans zimmer johnny greenwood and carter burwell round out the award category uh, what a bunch of heavy hitters some of my faves yeah johnny greenwood finally writing some good music excuse me why don't you make like Jordan Peele's movie and get out? Get out. You just get out. All right. I think we've all been effectively fired from the podcast now. Good night, everybody. Time out. No respect. <laughs> no. Radiohead fanboy. I know. And I love you. I love you. Best original song goes to Remember Me from Coco. Almost crying just hearing the title. It's yeah, good. it's a good one. That's that's where I would have gone. Also, I feel like I should point out that Mary J. Blige has been nominated twice this evening in Best Supporting Actress and Best Original Song for the movie Mudbound. Nice. Oh, I have not seen that. I'm writing it down. It's good. Yeah. I'll watch it for Mary. She's wonderful. All right. Best Sound Editing goes to Dunkirk, beating out The Shape of Water. Best because sound- they added in the... <laughs> That's right. Right times. All the bombing. Yep. Uh, but the best sound mixing goes to Dunkirk, beating out Shape of Water. Best production so design. You had to mix in the bombs. That's, that's <laughs> It's the bombiest. That movie is all editing, it seems like. So. It's, it's some fine editing. Yeah. Uh, best production design goes to the Shape of Water, because why wouldn't it? Of course. Yeah, right. Uh, best cinematography goes to Roger Deakins for Blade Runner 2049, winning his first Academy Award in 14 nominations. Congratulations! You the, did it! The Deak. The Deak, the other honorary uh, unspoken podcast within podcast. Yeah. Finally, he does it. I'm so happy for him. Hello? Oh, give me a second here. My child, I think, is going to bed, and I have not seen her at all today, so give me one moment. <laughs> She's just in time to celebrate Roger Deakins. Come here. That's right. Yeah, and I like, got like every Travis all season. <laughs> all this chaos. Can you say night night? Night night. Night night. You ready? Big hug. Oh <laughs> my gosh, that's adorable. Right. Give me kisses. Give me kisses. Nope. No kisses. Night. No, no kisses. she's too distracted. That does nope, that's not mommy. <laughs> that's not daddy either. <laughs> nope, that's Bald not daddy. Then? Well, yes, okay. Yep, I think you're pointing at me now. That's also you. <laughs> All right. Big I was hugs. Saying, I was saying another life, kid. I could have been your dad. <laughs> All right, give me kisses. <laughs> give me noses. A bed? No. Headphones. A bed? Yep. Headband. Headband. Okay. Headband. Right, you. I love you. Give me noses. Oh, she's so happy. Oh, I love you. <laughs> night, night. Oh, God. Go get mommy. Sweet dreams of Roger Deakins. <laughs> Say night, night. <laughs> Say, I love you. You're fine. We're very professional. Indeed. And this all stays in, by the way.
Of course. <laughs> Why not? I have not seen her all day, so. Very good. Yeah. All right. I'm good. I'm back. Okay. We're talking about uh talking about a big deke. Yep. Apparently. And uh the big deke beats out Dan Lauston for Shape of Water. Uh best makeup and hairstyling goes to Darkest Hour. Best costume best costume design goes to the movie about costume design, Phantom Thread. Nice. <laughs> beats out nose. Shape of Water. Uh best film editing goes to Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. There yep. you go, Zach. Uh, I Tanya in the category. And best visual effects goes to Blade Runner 2049. Hooray! Yeah. That's um, a tough fucking category, though. Even though the only, I haven't seen Kong. That's a, that's a good that's a good movie. I, I I'd imagine. I don't know why I haven't seen. I've seen all the other uh, modern uh, kaiju movies, but not that yeah. one. CM, have, have you seen Skull mm-hmm. Island? Yep. How do you feel about that one? I mean, I've seen many of those. We we went on a like Godzilla way, way back from the beginning kick. Wow. Nice. Oh, is Paul reaching for a criterion here? I certainly am. I have this giant criterion collection of the Godzilla show era films. Dun, dun, nice. dun. Like four, uh, 15 movies. Dun, 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 dun. Beautiful. Two cats named after Star Trek, Guinan and Majel, but I sometimes call them Gigan and Mothra, and their personalities <laughs> fit. Nice. <laughs> Excellent. And you're the only ones who get that joke besides my husband. <laughs> you're hanging out with yeah, a bunch I'm just of happy that now. somebody <laughs> named their cat after Guinan. That right? makes me happy. Whoopee. <laughs> <laughs> I stole that joke from the Little Rascals in '94, and I've never stopped using it. <laughs> Did you see that poster they made with all of them now? No. Yeah, it was like they all just kind of dressed in their characters, and uh, it, it looked really good. I got to see if I can't find it. Yeah, yeah, uh, check that out. All right, we have a bunch of honorary awards. So here we go. All right, to Agnes Varda, whose compassion and curiosity inform a uniquely personal cinema. To Charles Burnett, a resolutely independent and influential film pioneer who has chronicled the lives of black Americans with eloquent and insight. To Donald Sutherland, for a lifetime of indelible characters rendered with unwavering truthfulness. Mm -hmm. Owen Roisman, whose expansive visual style and technical innovation have advanced the art of cinematography. And a special achievement Academy Award goes to Alejandro Giannardo because apparently the two competitive awards he received weren't enough. <laughs> back to back, and then here have another one. Yep, he got a turkey. Uh, for Carne y Arena, virtual reality installation and in recognition of a visionary and powerful experience in storytelling. Okay. And we have a Gordon e. Sawyer Award this evening. Oh. And thanks to, I have to shout out the name of this website, Nerf Herders Anonymous. I was able to do some nice. research. <laughs> I was able to do some research on Jonathan Erland. Okay. Uh, spelled the same as your name, Jonathan. Because it's the classic spelling. I don't understand how people keep misspelling it. Well, he was born in 1939, so it's about as classic as it gets. Fair. <laughs> uh. 
So he's from Escher, England, UK. He studied theater at the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama in London in 1954. Um, Erlen moved to Los Angeles, California, where he worked in entertainment and industrial exhibit design, and also where he first started working with ILM and then with Apogee, Inc. He was in one of the groups formed by John Dykstra that worked on the visual effects for Star Wars in 1976. Ah, well, there's the Nerf Herders connection. Yep. Uh, Not only did he work on the visual effects, he built models and played one of the Death Star controllers. Oh, awesome. Along with Joe Johnston, director of The Rocketeer. Awesome. I thought you were going to say he played one of the Death Stars like he... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just one of the guys that made the ooh sound. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so he became the director of research and development at Apogee Productions. It was at Apogee that he got patents and Academy Awards for his reverse blue screen, Blue Max. He picked up one, two, three, four technical awards and a Bonner Medal of Commendation. Uh, technical awards in 1983 for the engineering and development of a reverse blue screen traveling mat process for special effects photography. Uh, in 1984, for an innovation designed for front projection screens and an improved method for their construction and for the design and development of the Blue Max High Power Blue Flux Projector for traveling mat composite photography. In 1996, he got one. He got a scientific and engineering award for the development of the digital series traveling mat backing system used for composite photography and motion pictures. He is often referred to as the father of modern blue screen. Wow! You know, I've always wondered when do you use blue screen over green screen? I don't know. It's just a different chroma key. So I mean, I imagine they do the same thing. Probably. I. I don't know if uh, it just green. there's less stuff that's going to be blue. Perhaps. Hmm. I don't know. These I might look that questions. up. All right. Um, so uh, other films he worked on, aside from Star Wars, uh, he worked on Battlestar Galactica, where he was a model builder. And the, the 70H show, not the new one. He worked on Star Trek, the motion picture, 1979 where he was effects props and miniature. Uh, He worked on the show Firefox as a special technical development and uh, probably the best film on this list, Spaceballs. Nice. Uh, And unfortunately, this brings us to the last person who so far has received a Gordon E. Sawyer Award. What the heck? Haven't had one since 2017. That's weird. So, currently, Jonathan Erland is our final hero for all. Hero for all. There we go. And apparently, the you, it's literally just, if they're going to be trees, use a blue screen. If they're going to be ocean, use a green screen. Okay. There you go. So, well, let's talk about this movie. This yes. movie. Where Please. they would probably use green screen, because there's a lot of water. Uh, probably. Except there was a lot more practical effects than anything in this movie. There, there's yeah. also a lot of green in this movie. <laughs> there's also a, okay. So I didn't want to jump in this right from the get go, but goddamn, is this movie green? It's green as fuck. 
Very green. <laughs> like it's just <sighs> some of it's teal. That's God it's... damn it. <laughs> it feels like you're in a submarine the whole time, no matter where they're at. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is not my favorite Guillermo del Toro movie. It's not but, mine either, well, but it's Pan's Labyrinth fun. exists, so then that's fair. And if I if there wasn't just like, you know, the best that existed, if there was that was just as good as other movies, I would still probably put dips at the lower category of his movies. That being said, still good movie. I um think it's my second favorite film of his. Wow. Mm. Fair enough. Mm. I I just I don't know. I don't know if I just kind of wasn't just digging it at all like i don't know if i have a reason for it like it's once again not to say it's a bad movie and i definitely still enjoyed myself i don't know i'm kind of i don't know what to say about it i'm, I'm gonna let i'm gonna let somebody else say something first i'm gonna let my my words collect yeah, sometimes you gotta get your thoughts verified or brought out yeah. by some other people yeah i uh First of all, I think it's a gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous film. Of course, you know, everything Del Toro does is gorgeous. And if it hadn't been for Blade Runner 2049, I definitely would have given this cinematography too. Sally Hawkins is great. Richard Jenkins is great. Michael Shannon is great. Everybody's great. Um, I do feel like maybe uh, it held back in a few places. Not Not much, but... Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm still kind of ruminating too, because like I, I just finished it, yeah, before we started here, so my, my feelings are still. Should I go since I've had? Yes, please do. Please, thank you. When I finished this, I actually during watching it too, I was struggling, and I realized that my problem is that I'm, I'm a very simple person. I'm just a straight up horror movie fan. Mm -hmm. I'm, I think. Romance movies are probably my least sought genre to watch. And so I that gave me some difficulty and I had to think I had to set that aside afterwards and think about the messaging of the film and see what that did for me and that made me appreciate it way way more but initially I just struggled because it's just not my preferred genre but I love I love kind of the the message, the overall message of connection that it mm-hmm. constantly gives you, mm-hmm. like people who are who don't fit in, who are sort of other, and setting it back in that time period was, I think, really awesome to do because it just hammers all of that home so much more too. Yeah, yeah. Where and- where white men are in these positions of power and they're able to just be abusive and shitty, and that's just the standard that's the norm yeah i think too go ahead say i was gonna say um the fact that you have all these people that are different and they band together it's not it doesn't seem forced it's very organic it's like you don't realize right away that richard jenkins character is gay until there's a moment where you know it alludes to that and you've got a, a a mute person and a um, African-American woman and they they all band together against the shit that's stacked against them because that's what, you know, marginalized people do. Yeah. yeah. And, and don't forget, um, 
the amphibian man is also supposed to be kind of allegory for the immigrant experience. Yes. Sure. I love too how he kind of flipped, you know, Michael Shannon, who I love watching and everything. Mm-hmm. And he plays a really good bad guy, but he does have that look about him that says for that era, like all American hero white guy. Mm-hmm. And for him to he, I mean, f- to him, he is the good guy. He's the hero. And he continues, I feel like, to believe that and play that, but that he's absolutely not. I I liked being shown that. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yep. The yep. monster's the hero. The monster's the, you know, the guy you want to root for. Yeah. But I also like that we start the story with Richard Jenkins saying it's a story of love and, and whatnot and the monster who tries to tear it apart, but it's not the monster he's referring to. Yeah. 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 I, um, you know, unfortunately before I'd ever seen this movie, of course people are like, Oh, she fucked the fish. So like, that's my, before (laughs) I ever see the movie, it's like, that's what, um, you know, going into it, but it was very tastefully done as tastefully as something like that can be done. And it was very artistic and, more loving embrace like you know they have the t- conversation about the opening and oh god <laughs> 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 but but you know uh, another weird comment my wife uh had seen this movie before and she's like yeah i i like it, it is a little weird but i like the way you know, they hold each other it made me think of you not that you're a fish man but you hold me like that and i was like okay <laughs> that's sweet but odd yeah um but, you know, a couple of the scenes I was like, is this what about to happen? So I'd kind of look over her and she'd like look at me and just kind of shrug. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's not the point. It's it's symbolic. And, you know, he's Doug Jones. He's, you know, sexy in a <laughs> weird way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But so that's my I think that's one of the biggest problems that I have. And this is the fact that. You know, we we do say Doug Jones doesn't get any love, but like he's he's fucking ignored in all of this. Like, I yeah, I mean, it's Richard Jenkins is him. great, and I liked him, but is is there like a rule where if he doesn't say anything, they're not going to fucking like? It's it's kind of like the same thing with like Andy Circus. I mean, he said egg. He does say egg. Yeah. Where it's just like there's there's no um there's no appreciation for the kind of work that's required for something like that, where yeah. it's, it's, you're actually doing more acting when you're not speaking, like when you're able to emote mm-hmm. the way that you have to do when you're not speaking. And that's again, why um, uh, Sally Hawkins is so good in this movie too. It's because she's not speaking. So she has to emote more mm-hmm. to get that, you know, what she's saying across, but at least she has kind of like a way to show, like a way to communicate where Doug Jones does not, and it's it's just it it bugs the ever loving shit out of me. I feel like there's been conversations about you know should they have a um, best uh, motion capture or whatever category, or if they yeah. should best costume slash motion capture. I feel like maybe maybe, but maybe. and and I can get behind that. The only problem is you have to go. All right, so where do you draw the line on? Because it's like voice actors aren't given any recognition through the Academy either. Mm-hmm. But basically, and I mean, best animation has only been around for how many years now? Like not yeah, 2001. Many. So yeah. yeah. So 
it's 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 like where where's that line at? But I, I do think there should be something, yeah, in that. And I, at the very least, take these people into consideration for things like best actor, best actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so one thing I do want to point out, and you guys are talking about how um, some of these things, like the some of the messaging, or even some of the things that are just kind of drawn out or done organically. I kind of felt the other way where it was just like some things would just pop up. I'm like, of course. Yeah, sure. Why not? Like um, at the end when her scars turn to gills, I'm like, oh, well, that's <laughs> that's fucking convenient, isn't it? But <laughs> like, was I, that I, real, though? I'm sorry? Was that real, though? Oh, yeah. That, that yeah. fairy tale. And, yeah, and, and, and that's another thing that, and this is a personal issue. I like certainty in my film. I am never going to get that with Del Toro ever, ever, ever. (laughs) But at least I can, in my own mind, was given enough through um, through um, Michael Shan's character when he's like, "Oh, you are a god." It's like, okay, cool. I'm going to call it. I'm going to put that in my line of yes. He actually is a god. Cool. (laughs) I I think I kind of agree with you in large part. it didn't ruin the movie for me, though. The, I think I generally prefer more subtext over something that's just like right there and you know mm. what's going and you know what to expect. I think he pulled it off really well, though. So I don't feel like I can fault it for that, even though it's not like how I usually prefer. But I think that's part of, too, what had me struggling to get into it and appreciate it initially. Mm. Yeah, it's it's that's one of those things I will never make a movie lose points for just because that's a me thing. Yeah. It is very much a I I I need certainty, I need closing. I'm not going to get it with some directors and some writers. That's fine, but you know, and and it does do the same thing with Pan's Labyrinth. Do you think? <laughs> I want everyone to die at the end, and I want to be left guessing what actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I need. Yeah. Just die. if everyone's going to die, just be like, they died. <laughs> this is what happened. They died. The like, just, show, just show me the apocalypse. Or or get the Animal House ending. Yes. You know what I'll take? I'll take. I don't know. Everybody, everybody jumps in the air. Give me the everybody jumps in the air and cut. That's that's the ending I want for everything. <laughs> well, they jumped in the water. Yeah, and cut. But uh, <laughs> so and and again, that's just a personal quirk. But mm-hmm. and there there's just the powers thing where he's healing all of a sudden. It's like, did we need it? No. Did it yeah. add anything? it gave us the reason for him to wake up after getting shot. Yeah. I mean, it added just, that. It, it, did he have the powers was, before he ate the cat head though? I can't remember. Oh God. Oh. <laughs> I enjoyed okay, the shit already, out of that. I hated oh, that. I know. Yeah, it, like I, as a cat, good. as a cat uh, person, I still thought that shit was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't heal the cat though. He could not. <laughs> I think I would have bought, maybe this is the horror fan in me talking, if he hadn't healed himself and he had just been able to survive those injuries and just like oozing blood mm-hmm. while he's killing Michael Shannon. I would yeah. have I would have accepted that, I think. Yeah. yeah. I, I also would have been a fan of a uh, monstrous rampage ending. 
like she actually did die and he just fucking mercs everyone um like i mean everybody goes down including octavia spencer who just happened to fucking come with the cops and everything like it's just also i'd have been about that can i just say how much i love that he kills michael shannon by slashing his neck thus scarring him in the same way as sally hawkins's character and leaving him voiceless nice there you go i was a huge fan of that um yeah. michael shannon's so good at playing bad guys but uh, from everything i hear he's such a wonderful person in real life so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> that's too. good it's not always the case sometimes the yeah assholes I, pull for their personal experience i'm i'm a big fan of whenever he gets to just be a fanatical asshole <laughs> yeah because he's so good on boardwalk empire doing the same thing yeah he's got that look which also there was also the uh, him going down the hallway scene, which was a little cliche for me, like dark hallway, sinister walk again, <laughs> small little things. that I feel like I'm nitpicking at this movie for one that, like I said, is a good movie. Just, I don't know. I had I to, like, I, I felt it though. When he fish hooked Dimitri, I was like, poor Dimitri. Okay. <laughs> I also love that he was letting his fingers rot. Yeah, yeah. It had to be making him a little crazy, right? Like medically, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Well, he had an infection going on, and gangrene getting to his brain. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh. I'm, I'm saving these rotten fingers so I can make the whole biblical reference. Oh. <laughs> can I just say that Michael Shannon knows how to give a line reading like nobody else? Yeah, <laughs> when yeah. after he's somewhat saved Dimitri and he's come up, came up to him, and Dimitri starts talking to him, and he's like. You were just speaking Russian. Bob. <laughs> Can we talk about the creepy sex? And I'm not talking about the fish part because more fish fucking would have elevated this movie for me. The, yeah. the spousal. <laughs> oh, yeah. You. Um, <laughs> the which one? I'm sorry. The spousal. When, you know. Oh, yeah. No, that Michael Shannon's having sex with his wife. Yeah. It was um, having doing sex at her doing sex exactly it was very it, it was a little like on the nose about what he was feeling at <laughs> our, our main character at Eliza but I liked that it was it was kind of subtle because it was so uncomfortable that you didn't want to understand what what he was thinking in that moment <laughs> not even a little right <laughs> That was another thing that kind of his attraction to her to um, why is my brain just turned off right now to Eliza just kind of came out of nowhere. Like it was like he saw her once and was like, I think I'm into quiet girls. Well, just all of a sudden. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, they show that scene with his wife to establish that. And then, you know, as he learns more about her being mute, I, I think. What he had met quick... her first, like he had met yeah. Eliza before that, yeah. and I and it felt like that was why we got that scene. Probably, I I feel like it just has uh, gives him more misogynist overtones. Yeah, that the woman who can't speak is the one that he is the most attracted to. Sure, which was just a compiling amount of just assholery to an already bad guy. So yeah. it was like, do we need to add? <laughs> yes. because there was a point where I was like, all right, are we adding rapists to this? Because I don't know, like, do we need to add that? (laughs) For sure. If he had, you know, 
opportunity more than what he did too. The, I can make you squawk line. Just maybe go, oh, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But I tend to think that any movie is only as good as its villain. And if your villain is that hateable, yeah, you're doing a good job. Not yeah. everybody could pull off being so overt in this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it helps that it's Michael Shannon too. Well, yeah. well, and I feel like what makes it worse is that this is not a person who is like so evil. He is. He's a, corporate he, evil. He, no, no. He's like attainable evil. Yeah. Like somebody who we could be walking by is just that asshole. Yeah. So oh, yeah, there's tons of them out there. Exactly. Like it's, it's just like nobody, it's nobody. It's not one of those. Nobody's that fucking bad. Like, come on. There's like four or five people in the world. Like this guy, like, no, there are thousands of this guy out there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's um, supposed to be representing exactly what what men are supposed to be. Yeah, well, yep. it's it's why it's it's why it got me in the end. Like I was like, okay, it, it was more on the nose than I like, but I'm into it because it it was so like real and relevant to today that it's hard to watch sometimes. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, those yeah. It's one of those things too. Like uh, he's a villain but does that mean like the government the general or whatever above him is even more evil because uh, <laughs> i feel like they hint at that yeah. because in the one scene where he's asking about is how the is the asset and he's like it's still out in the wind and mm-hmm. that whole speech universe him speech about, is so yeah. good <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like and then the one scene where Stuhlbarg tells him that uh, they can't kill the amphibian man under any circumstance. And he's like, you, you want to count these stars with me? Because there's yeah. five of them and I could do anything I want. Mm-hmm. Ugh. No, yeah. no, thanks. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, all right. Well, does anybody have any additional notes on this film? No, not really. Uh, mostly that uh, apparently most of the main cast were all the parts were written with them in mind. Oh, okay. And, uh, so Hawkins, Spencer, of course, Doug Jones. Yeah. he knocking him? Yeah. <laughs> I, I did like when we had her, what would you call that? Her, um, her fantasy when she is able to communicate the way that she really truly wants to. I and love that, that black and white dance and song number. Mm-hmm. That, yeah floored me just because of how beautiful it was and kind of piggybacking off of just how it looked. Yeah. Her apartment felt, it, it had like this fishbowl. Like I said earlier, it looked like they were in a submarine the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just had this feel to it. Even her walls were, they were sort of, they looked like the wallpaper was falling apart. Yeah. But they had that oceanic, like those greens and blues and kind of the waves. It was very, very subtle. The design of it um, really was almost a character in and of itself. Absolutely. I love that it was above a movie theater too. It's like, yeah. Oh, I, okay. Sorry. One more thing. Baffled that she managed to keep all that water in her bathroom with a towel. (laughs) I didn't, that was the only thing I was like, no, I can't, I can't give you that. This is definitely the fantasy element coming through. Yeah. 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 If you know, if I didn't own my home, I might try it. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I just love this movie. It, it's above all else, it's beautiful and it was fun to watch. And I'll save my other comments for a little bit later. Are you talking? Because your mic's not on. <laughs> how long has it been? Uh, it's like been whenever long. you started, 30, 30, whatever sentence. 30 seconds, no, I'm saying, like, how long has it been since I've muted myself? 30 seconds. On, uh, <laughs> okay. like, I've not oh, done oh, that oh, in a while. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, shit. <laughs> I had a groove and I lost it. Oh, no. Uh, get a new one. All right. I'll get my groove back. All right. So, anyway. Jonathan's new groove. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go ahead and move on and let's jump into our Razzy Roundup. Rousey, Rousey Roundup. Rousey Raz Up. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Words. All right. Worst picture is the Emoji Movie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, beating out Baywatch. Undeserved. Uh, I still need to watch that. It's much funnier than it deserves to be. Sure. Not horrible. <laughs> Uh, it's not razzy bad. Yeah. Uh, also beating out Fifty Shades Darker, The Mummy, and Transformers The Last Night. I never saw that mummy. Is it as bad as they say? Paul, did you see it? I haven't seen it. I haven't <laughs> seen it either. It's, I think that's a movie that I keep going, I want to watch that. And then it just gets forgotten. Just I like just, everybody. I, if if I would have gotten more Dark Universe films, I might have gone on to it. But knowing that it sets up a whole bunch of stuff I'll never see. I just haven't had this. See, and that's my thing too. Like I want a universal uh, monster franchise. I want that. I want that bad. Me too. Do you want a good one? But yeah, I don't want a good Problem? one. <laughs> yeah. One where it's like, all right, one of them sucked. I guess that's the whole fucking franchise gone. Yep. Bring so. back Steven Somers. Let's, let's get yeah. him on this. All right. Uh, worst director goes to Tony Leondis Leondis for the emoji movie. Uh, beating sure. out uh, Darren Aronofsky for Mother. What? What? Yep. Get out uh, there. Michael Bay See, for Transformers. Baffled. I am baffled. I'm upset now. <laughs> that's that's yeah. upsetting. That's that the, is, that's the Razzies. I haven't I haven't seen Mother. So it. I don't. It it's a divisive, but nowhere near anything I'd feel like the Razzies would. Sure. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. Um, beat out Michael Bay for Transformers, James Foley for Fifty Shades Darker, and Alex Kurtzman for The Mummy. Worst yeah. actor goes to Tom Cruise for The Mummy, okay. beating Johnny Depp for Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man Tale No Tales, Jamie Dornan for Fifty Shades Darker, Zach Efron for Baywatch, and Mark Wahlberg for Daddy's Home 2 and The Transformers. Did you say Johnny Depp? Yeah, it's like yeah. his fourth nomination in a row. He should have won a row. Man. Yeah, he should have won that. Yeah, mm. sure. And then disappear from polite society. Like disappeared a, from polite society. <laughs> like a like a good like <laughs> a good person. <laughs> All right. Uh, worst actress goes to Tyler Perry for Boo Two and Medea Halloween. Boo! Stop giving Tyler Perry Razzies. It's not funny anymore. Uh, beating out Catherine Heigl for Unforgettable, Dakota Johnson for Fifty Shades Darker, Jennifer Lawrence for Mother. And Emma Watson for the circle. I'm writing a very strongly worded letter to the Reddies. <laughs> Good job. Five years ago. <laughs> uh, worst supporting actor goes to Mel Gibson for Daddy's Home 2. The year after out. he gets the Razzie Redeemer. Isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> uh, beating out Javier Bardem for Mother. 
and Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man Tale, No Tales, Russell Crowe for The Mummy, uh, Josh Dummel, Duhamel. Duhamel for Transformers, and Anthony Hopkins for Collide and Transformers. Uh, Kim Basinger winning We're Supporting Actress for Fifty Shades Darker, Sophia Butella for The Mummy, Laura Hoddick for Transformers, Goldie Hawn for Snatched. I hate that fucking word. And, Why? Uh, Why are we nominating Goldie Hawn for Razzies? That's bullshit. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't care how bad the movie was. Goldie Hawn is an American treasure. Overboard. Yep. Oh, Overboard's amazing. Yeah, it was an Amy Schumer movie, so mm. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. It, the movie can suck all she's, the ass in the world. She's Mrs. Claus. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and also Susan Sarandon for a Bad Mom's Christmas. They got that both a, the bangers. Another one of those. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they got both uh, the Banger sisters in, in that category? That's mm. bullshit. Yeah. Uh, worst screen combo goes to any two obnoxious emojis. Uh, okay. Any any combination, beating out any combination of two characters, two sex toys, or two sexual positions for Fifty Shades Darker. Any combination of two humans, two robots, or two explosions for Transformers. That one's kind of funny. <laughs> that one. Uh, Johnny Depp and his worn-out drunk routine. Very good. And uh, Tyler Perry and either the ratty old dress or worn out wig. Hmm. All of that sounded, I'm sorry. All of that sounded like nonsense to me. It is all nonsense. Yep. (laughs) Just put a bunch of words together. Yep. (laughs) But the Razzies do. That's the Razzies. Yep. Uh, Worst prequel remake or ripoff goes to Fifty Shades Darker versus everything else we've mentioned. Worst screenplay goes to the Emoji Movie, beating out everything else that we've mentioned. Um. The Razzie nominee, so rotten you loved it, went to Baywatch, uh, beating out everything else we've mentioned. Yep. And the Barry L. Bumstead Award, which I got to, that's something I need to start doing, is getting the stats on these ones. Okay. Um, Goes to Chips. (laughs) I forgot that thing. Uh, With its budget of 25 million and its box office of 26.8 million. That's a weird pick. I mean, yeah, I mean, we need to find some actual huge bombs. I guess maybe we're versus the I mean, campaign, but yeah, I mean, you're looking at it made 1.8 million dollars before marketing. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, that did not make money. And the Razzie Redeemer Award goes to a safe Hollywood haven from a history of Razzie-worthy behavior unfitting for an industry of artists to where talent is protected, nourished, and allowed to flourish with proper compensation. What? I have no fucking idea, dude. Uh, uh, <laughs> essentially, essentially, this is the first Razzies after the Me Too Me movement too. I was has wondering kicked off. If that's what it was, and so they're saying that uh, you know, turning in rapists is yeah. There you go. The okay. Razzie Redeemer Award. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Good. And that is our Razzie roundup. Fun. Let's get into our worsty judgments. to mention the fish man behind you there paul is you know, that's i it's my uh creature from the black lagoon yeah friend bought it for me years ago he's been hanging out there i know yeah, but I, just, I wanted to yeah. mention him specifically tonight you know <laughs> i'm sure he enjoyed this movie indeed yeah all right well sam we got a couple of questions here for you and the first question is going to be did this movie deserve best picture so hard because of Blade Runner. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to say, yeah, sure. 
I'm terrible at this. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Ever. <laughs> Zach, is this a, does this movie deserve best picture? Does it deserve best picture? Hmm. 2017 was another year, unfortunately, that didn't. Yeah, didn't unfortunately, it was. <laughs> another unfortunately, year. another year. Um, <laughs> only so much I can blame the children, but we had our third child, so I didn't get to the theater much. I didn't see a whole lot of movies, but I saw three. No, I've seen four of the best picture nominees. I've seen Dunkirk, I've seen Phantom Thread, Shape of Water Now, and Three Billboards. Uh, so I can't speak on the others, unfortunately. I still haven't seen Get Out. I know I'm terrible, but I'm going to watch it this fall when we have a when I have a brief podcast hiatus. Um, so I'll rank the ones I've seen, and I'm going to have to have Dunkirk at my um, number three of the other nominees. I really like the movie. It's uh, gorgeous. It's tense. It's well shot, well edited. I almost feel like uh, the time thing is a little too gimmicky this time around, but you know, it doesn't ruin the movie for me. It's, it's very good. Um, then I have Phantom Thread, which I think is excellent. You know, I love Paul Thomas Anderson and um, everybody's great in that movie. A little quiet though, not, not his best. And then three billboards the outside of Ebbing's Missouri. That the full title, uh, um, yeah. That movie's incredible. Uh, it's it's got some issues, you know. Uh, Rockwell's character is like racist redemption, <laughs> but it's it's I love it. It's great, and it's my favorite of the nominees and of the ones I've seen. I would give that best picture, but Blade Runner should have been nominated. I think Coco should have been nominated. Um, I think Logan should have been nominated. So shout out to those. I also really enjoyed Mother, despite it being weird and divisive. It takes some some uh, risks that maybe Shape of Water might have had a little bit more bite if it if it had a little something more of that. So Shape of Water, I I think is probably the one of the weirder best pictures that we've seen so far, as far as the the concept and the story. I really, really like it, but I'm going to have to have it as number two of the four nominees I saw. So it's hard to say no after saying that, I, but I don't think it deserved Best Picture. I think it should have gone to Three Billboards or Blade Runner 2049. Nice. Um, so this one's tough for me because this year, I think, is when it really started me not going to the movies as much. Mm-hmm. I think outside of Marvel movies, there were three movies I think I saw that year. One of them was Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. One of them was Dark Tower. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the other one was I, Tanya. Um, oh. I, Tanya should have fucking won this year. I, Tanya is so good. That movie was phenomenal. Um, and I think immeasurably better than this movie mm. uh again not to say that this is a bad movie i'm just saying i Tanya was that good um i also saw star wars i guess but yeah um so i i, I don't know if this movie deserves best picture or not i i think it's good i don't i don't know what the academy is fucking weird sometimes because you look at this and go i can't believe the academy actually made this win best picture because everything else that's on the list are very much your classical your classic best picture nominees and then this one's just kind of like 
out of the ballpark weird for them. Mm-hmm. Just weird as a whole. So, like, I'm surprised Dunkirk didn't win. Uh, but I've not seen Dunkirk. I have not seen any other of these nominees at all. Um, I was going to watch Get Out, but work got me. Work Bastards. sucks. I know. Mm. Yep. So, I, I'm going to say of the list, yeah, it wins because uh, it's there. But I still think Itania probably should have been the winner for that year. If not Power Rangers, just because, <laughs> you know, Power Rangers. And how do you not start off a movie with jerking off a cow joke? Oh, gee. Don't watch, don't rewatch the original one. <laughs> um, I, I, I bought it so I could rewatch it. And I wish I would have just held on to the memory I had. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched it at least twice over the last six months. <laughs> do you Look not see that. behind me? <laughs> do you... That look, look right there. That right there, that's Gen One full Ultra Zord with Titanosaur and everything. <laughs> you want to see my picture of me with Jason David Frank? I got that shit here too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah. that's payback for the Lost Boys. Well, there you go. Okay, <laughs> you know what? I'll take it. <laughs> anyway, Paul, does hey. this movie deserve Best Picture? All right, I'll do the thing because I couldn't find my 2017 list, and I know I made one. So, you son of a bitch! Yeah, I know. Uh, fuck life. Um, all right, so starts out simple enough. Uh, ranking them in order, I have seen every one of these. Uh, three billboards is going on my bottom. It's a good <gasps> movie. I'm not sure that it should be nominated for best picture. I love Mark McDonough. I think it's his weakest film. Uh, then I'll go with the post. I do love Spielberg deciding that in his downtime on editing, um, ready player one, he was just going to quickly throw together a movie (laughs) starring Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep. And, uh, it's still an incredible film about journalists doing journalist shit. I love that. I love that movie. Yeah. Um, see it. It's good. It's not great, though. All right. I don't think I nominated for Best Picture. I know she's my goddess, but Lady Bird is going down at the number seven spot. I like that film a lot, but I think Little Women is way better. I love Little Women. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this is where... I dig on short chicks, too. Yeah. <laughs> This is where it's going to get a little bit. Oh, you know what? Oh, oh shit. I forgot Darkest Hour. Darkest Hour is going at the bottom. Oh, okay. Okay. That's a good, that's a good movie. Little... Yeah, under three billboards. That's a good movie. Not great. Sure. Uh, it's, it's, well, it's really well made, and that makes up for the lack of um, pointing out that Winston Churchill was a raging racist. Gotcha. So, uh, fuck Winston Churchill. Um... All right, so above Lady Bird, we're going to go Dunkirk. Dunkirk rules. It's a good movie. See that movie. Uh, above that, we'll go, yeah, uh, Call Me By Your Name. That's that's incredible film. Um, I'm just glad uh, Army Hammer didn't eat Timothy Chalamet on set. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, 
of the remaining ones, I'm going to go ahead and put Get Out on the top. Get Out is a perfect film. It was the, it was my favorite film of the year. Uh, I, I, I think Jordan Peele, Peele has made two incredible films to follow that. Us and Nope are both wonderful, but Get Out. I, I didn't know anything about Get Out going into the theater. I was just like, oh, Jordan Peele wrote and directed this, and that should be interesting. Mm. <laughs> oh my fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> I have never been happier to just blindly walk into a theater. That movie's so fucking good. <laughs> and it came out in February, and it remained my favorite film of the year for the entire year. Uh, Sweet. That being said, I'm putting... Uh, Shape of Water right at my number two of the remaining uh, of everything. Um, and I know uh, Blade Runner 2049 was my second favorite film of the year, and I, I wished it was my first, but Get Out's just too good. It's mm-hmm. it's a statement. Um, I'll be watching it in October. St- Hold yep, me to it. Statement that a lot of white liberals still don't understand. Yes, I think this film deserved Best Picture, even though I think there are better films in the year. Fair enough. It, it's got a lot of heart. It's uh, CM was saying the messaging is spot on. They don't waste any of their characters. They give their characters full. Every character has a full life outside of the main character. You you see you you see how they live. You hear stories about their past they're they're all very well-rounded characters i think Guillermo del toro did such an amazing job with this that uh it kind of goes back and forth with uh devil's backbone is my second favorite film of his because devil's backbone is kind of a masterpiece Mm. so check that one out if you haven't seen that one especially if you love pan's labyrinth it is a beautiful companion piece to pan's labyrinth fair enough had a thought like one day, what I want to do is watch Mrs. Miniver, okay, and then cut it and then go watch Dunkirk and then go back to Mrs. Miniver. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> you could also do that with The Darkest Hour because The Darkest Hour is all about Winston Churchill deciding whether or not to uh, deploy civilians at Dunkirk. Nice. <laughs> I was I was glad that you know when we watched Mrs. Miniver for this, I'd seen Dunkirk and I was able to mentally, yeah kind of think of that movie thanks mm-hmm. all right well sam the second question that we have for you is is this the worst best picture what do you guys mean by that of the list of best pictures mm-hmm. is this the worst of them anyone is... any film that's ever won best picture and you don't have to know them all but if there's something like that strikes you as man that won an oscar for best picture and it was terrible or something i feel like there is but i I would not. I'd have to look at a list to remember. I'm so sorry. I no, that's, so, that's oh, all right. That's the answer would be no. Okay. All right. Well, then I'm going to put you on the spot and say, what is the worst best picture? That's Ooh. what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I've heard things mentioned, and I'm like, really? I'm kind of curious on what you've heard because I got a feeling. I think I. Know. How do you feel? Have you seen Gone with the Wind? I have. What do you think of Gone with the Wind? I watched it as a kid, and it was. It just seems classic to me. I don't have a problem with it. Okay. Fair enough. Um, what do you I'm think about the circus? Else had that experience. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that. No, just like what do you? What's your feeling on circuses? Oh, circuses in general. Yeah, I don't enjoy them. 
because of the worst, right? There's something about them that just freaks me out. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. All right. Oh, so that'll be I watch Dumbo. Dumbo. Oh, yep. Oh, fuck yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. That'll do it. Yeah. So but the greatest show on earth, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is the worst best picture so far. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ring and that, that movie is literally just a circus. It's three hours of the circus. I'll go with that then. Thank you for having Hooray. me. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> We're, we're yeah, you validating can, you can pick ourselves. It and then never, ever watch it because yeah. it's three hours long. Oh, no. It is so bad. It's so bad. All right. And Zach, is this the worst best picture? No. It's, uh, it's a good film. I'm currently ranking it. I've given it four stars. And I'm putting it at my number 60. That sounds, you know, that oh, sounds... Wow. That sounds low, but you know, we've had this is our what 90th? Yep, yep. 60 out of 90 and four stars. Everything that I have above number 65 or so, I think is a pretty good movie. So, okay, nice. Number 60. All right. Um, I have mine at 36. Huh. Um, yeah, I feel like I have a much larger. Uh, middle mm-hmm. than everybody else uh, because I don't put stars on my movies. So, uh, yeah, I just got it in between the Hurt Locker in terms of endearment. Interesting so, company. Yeah. Because it's definitely a movie I'd, I'd watch again. Sort of like, so. you know, he was in a Hurt Locker and then they, they were terms of endearment. So it's like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He went to war and then died of cancer. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Womp womp. All right, Paul. (laughs) Is this the worst best picture? (laughs) Give me a second. I just Mm -hmm. swallowed water wrong. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. All right. Uh, No, this is not the worst best picture. It's beautiful and it's wonderful and I'm having a hard time placing it. Um, (sighs) How many stars did you give it? Five. Oh, this is really? a perfect movie. <laughs> <laughs> you I got to question you on that one. No, it's a perfect movie. <laughs> you guys just are so afraid to give anything five stars. I don't give anything any stars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're too afraid. I am scared. <laughs> um, Give it four eggs. Zach, what would be the most offensive thing I could put this over? The most offensive thing you could put it over? Yeah. I mean, if you put it over... uh. The Godfather, I think was crazy. Okay, good. so it's my it's my number four now because <laughs> I'm gonna put it over the <laughs> I really There's don't no know. Fucking way. <laughs> I think it's going in my top twenty, but right now I really can't decide where it's going. Yeah, I don't have a ranking. It's going in the top twenty. Okay, okay. fair enough. I've I've given nineteen of these films five stars. So I mean that's that sounds like not much, but there's there's other films. If they had won Best Picture, would have got five stars. Yeah, mm, I've given twenty six. Not that much that's more. Not, yeah, that's not. I've given nothing a five star. Oh, you should see my Thursday rankings, which is just like, well, <laughs> five stars. <laughs> I'm sure there's no bias anywhere in any of that. None of it. <laughs> All right. Well, Sam, thank you very much for joining us here today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Absolutely. is there anything you'd like to plug for us this evening? <laughs> Can I plug my podcast? Is please. that please? Yes, Absolutely. Please. Okay. 
Um, my podcast is Dairy Public Radio, and it is a book club style podcast. We record every other week and we do deep dives into the work of Stephen King, which includes movie and TV adaptations. All right. Is there any personal Twitters you'd like anybody to follow you guys on? Um, or any social at, medias? At Dairy Public Radio. On all right. All, all the socials. Excellent. All right. And you can, of course, find me on the Twitter, Twitch, and the TikToks at Altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you? You can find me on Critiker at Zachmaster, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok at House Havoc, and Letterboxd by searching my name, Mr. Workman. You can follow me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Twitter and Letterboxd, where I keep a running tally of all the films I've watched. And uh, I didn't watch any films that weren't for the podcast this week so yeah we had a busy week yeah busy it's week. been a week but i got like a week off of podcast stuff coming up so i think i might watch a bunch of stuff including Ooh. prey i'm really excited yeah to i watch need to watch prey. that oh yeah i think i'm gonna have a jordan peele and then a prey weekend praise praise fun that's awesome. that's what i've heard i just i was in st louis with my family when it came out and i just haven't gotten a chance to watch it so one yep. two prey and then predators you're putting two above prey. Yeah. Okay. Two is Where's, fun. I put two above one. Where does where does AVPR rank? Oh, which one is that? The one. That's is the it, one with the predator the alien uh, hybrid that's running around killing everyone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. eh. <laughs> All alien is good. There, there are just three. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Zach. What are we watching next week? <laughs> chuckle, chuckle. We're watching Green Book. <laughs> it's time, gentlemen. <laughs> time for Green Book, which you can. Building to it. <laughs> no link. What? Huh? What? I said we've been building to it. Oh yes. Oh building. yeah. I feel like uh, our guests have built to it more than we have. Yeah. I, that, I, I, I feel the... like I feel like in our episode zero, I was like, "Ugh, Green Book." <laughs> yeah. A lot of people when we ask, "What do you think is the worst bet?" Best picture, like maybe Green Book. So we'll find out. You can rent it on Amazon, Apple TV, Google, Vudu, or YouTube. Uh, it's been back and forth on HBO Max. Uh, I feel like it seemed, I don't know if it's there now. It might be when this comes out. We'll see. I'm, yeah. I'm going to steal it off the internet so I don't <laughs> give it a view. <laughs> I found a dollar copy at a thrift store. So <laughs> you paid a dollar? <laughs> I did. You know, I, I'm masochist. I collect all the best picture winners. That's fair. Did you yeah. did you do the uh, the line from RoboCop when you when you paid for it? I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> I thought it nice. All right, we would like to thank Chad from our sister podcast, Loving Up and Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We would like to thank Megan J Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at. Oscarsky Pod and on Facebook at the Oscarsky Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. It helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. <laughs> five stars, five eggs, five fish sticks, whichever you prefer. Put those fish sticks in your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> love fish sticks. Wonderful. So for CM Alexander, Jonathan. Zach, and uh, I don't think we gave 
uh, co-writer Vanessa Taylor. Enough love in this episode, so thank you, Vanessa Taylor. We would like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs>